Hey folks, Andy Patton here with the second to last of our season in review series. Today talking all things big man Ben Gregg, his role this past season, a look back at the best and worst case scenarios I laid out for him last October, and his future at Gonzaga, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to thank all of you who've continued to make Locked On Zags your first listen every day. And for those of you who have checked the show out on YouTube, we crossed 600 subscribers, which is fantastic. The goal is 1,000 before the start of the college basketball season. So please, if you are listening to the show and you have not done so, go to Locked On Zags on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Today is all things Ben Gregg, the 11th of our 12-part series discussing every player on Gonzaga's roster from last season. We go through their history, how they did this last year, and how they got to Gonzaga in the first place. Second segment is a look back at the best and worst case scenarios from the first, from before the season back in October. And then the final segment is a look at their future. Today we're talking Ben Gregg. Greg was a top 100 recruit that strangely the Zags didn't offer until very late in the recruiting cycle. They did not make him an offer until August 27th of 2021. He after, or excuse me, of 2020. This was after they missed out on Palo Bancaro. That was who they were going for. They were hoping to get both Palo and Chet, which would have been an absolute insane class of 2021. Unfortunately, Bancaro went to Duke. The Zags turned their attention to Ben Gregg, made him an offer on the 27th of August. He committed a few short days later on the 9th of September. It was, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was his grandmother's birthday as the day that he committed. He's a lifelong Zags fan. His, he has family in Spokane. There are great pictures on the internet posted by his father, Matt Gregg, of him as a kid going to the Child Center and watching the Zags play Portland and those games. Uh, he had offers from a lot of really high-profile programs. He had offers from USC, from Texas, from Oregon, from Arizona, from Virginia Tech. Like, a lot of schools really interested in Ben Gregg, but he was always hoping for Gonzaga. As soon as that offer came through, he made that decision. And then, last year was supposed to be his true freshman year, and it, it was technically his freshman year, but he got to play a little bit before that because... He graduated early from college because their basketball season was shut down in Clackamas because of COVID. He joined the Zags in December on December 29th for his Dixie State. So we're talking th- four months after he even got an offer from Gonzaga. He is on the floor for the Zags. In December, he played against Dixie State. He ended up playing 18 games, 55 total minutes for the Zags. This is all just gravy. These were all pre-freshman year minutes for Ben Gregg, 17 points, 18 boards, three blocks, and an assist. He shot 41% from the field, two for eight from three. He basically passed Umar Balo and Pavel Zakharov on the depth chart for the Zags. Part of that was because Balo went down with that wrist injury. But again, we're talking about a kid who is still should have been in high school 
who was playing minutes during the conference play, who played eight minutes in the NCAA tournament. Of course, those were all garbage time minutes, but still. So he came into year two as a freshman in the same class as Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas and Chet Holmgren, but with 55 minutes of experience at the college level already. There was some expectation that Greg would that a role would materialize for Greg as the fourth big, maybe sneak into that third big role, be playing pretty consistently, even as a true freshman, because of that added experience. And frankly, that just did not happen. We we still needed to remember that Ben Greg is a true freshman, even if you know he had that extra time. Same as Caden Perry, who obviously dealt with some injuries, but neither of th- those two guys were able to carve out any role. Mark Few, who's always been very ironclad about playing pretty tight rotations, stuck with eight. Those eight included just three big men in Holmgren, Drew Timmy, and Anton Watson. Those guys pretty much played all of the minutes in the front court. Uh, Greg ended up playing in 17 games, so he only even appeared in about half of Gonzaga's games. He played six minutes per game in those contests. It was pretty much all garbage time. There were very, very few instances this season where Ben Gregg was playing in non-garbage time minutes. He didn't rack up a whole lot of minutes against any of Gonzaga's high-quality opponents. The 17 games that he played were pretty much all against the bottom feeders of the non-conference and the bottom feeders in the conference tournament. Um, finished with 2.4 points, two rebounds, a half an assist, and a half a block per game. He shot 17 of 46 from the field, which is 37%. He was only 13 for 33 on two-pointers, which is just under 40%, and then 4 of 13 from deep, which is just about 31%. He's also 3 of 10 in his career from the free-throw line, Probably not something to be overly concerned about yet, but certainly an area that he could continue to improve on. Uh, And yeah, like I said, most of his playing time came against bad non-conference teams. He had eight points against Alcorn State very early in the year, five points against Bellarmine, six points against Northern Arizona. He had six points against Pepperdine, excuse me, against Pepperdine on January 8th, but he only scored in three more games after that. So he just kind of vanished as the season went on. Him and Perry both kind of disappeared at the same time. Now, Perry, we understood why, because he had the injury and didn't play in the second half of the year. But it's Ben Gregg's minutes didn't pick up after that happened. In fact, they stayed pretty stagnant, if not got worse. He played three minutes against Pepperdine on the 16th of February and didn't play again until the Zags played Georgia State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It was exactly a month of time where Ben Gregg didn't play and they had they didn't play for about a week of that time but he did not play in the last couple of regular season games he did not play in the WCC tournament he just he wasn't really able to carve out any kind of consistent role in his first full season in a Gonzaga uniform so we're going to look back we're going to come back in the second segment we're going to discuss what my best and worst case scenarios were for Ben Gregg this was the first episode of Locked On Zags that I ever did. Kind of fun to bring it back to that. The first episode of Locked On Zags as your new host was about Ben Gregg. His best and worst case scenarios coming into the season. We're going to take a look back at what I said at that time and how it ended up going for Greg in year 1.5 in Spokane. But before we get there, let's talk about today's sponsor, Bet Online. The 2022 NCAA tournament is in the books with a win secured by Bill Self and the Jayhawks of Kansas. While the Zags unfortunately fell short of the game's pinnacle week, that does not mean fans cannot remain in on the action. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Heck, they even have lines on a fight between Chris Rock and Will Smith, should you be so inclined. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment two. Still Andy Patton, still locked on. Zags were throwing it back. Top early October 2021, the first episode as your new host of the Locked on Zags podcast, talking all things Ben Gregg and labeling the best and worst case scenarios. Here's what I said back then. The best case scenario for Ben Gregg is that the sophomore leap is real, and I put sophomore in quotes because it wasn't technically his sophomore year, that he establishes himself as the team's number three big man, that he is clearly ahead of Caden Perry on the depth chart, and that he is ahead of Anton Watson, although Watson is utilized in a different role. So yeah, this did not happen. Uh, ben, ben Gregg was, I think, frankly, the fifth big for most of the season. Uh, he was behind Caden Perry it was unclear. They play such different styles that I don't think either of them were really behind one another. But towards the end of the year that Caden Perry was playing, so towards the end of the, the non-conference slate, Perry was getting more minutes. He was coming into the game before Ben Gregg. And then, of course, when Perry got hurt, we didn't see an uptick in minutes for Ben Gregg at all. So he was he was ostensibly the fourth big even once once Perry went out, but he just he wasn't getting onto the floor. The next best case scenario for Ben Gregg was that he plays consistently 12 to 15 minutes per night. Yeah, he was inconsistent. Like I said, 17 games went about a whole month without getting onto the floor at all. He just wasn't a part of the rotation. Mark Few has a tight rotation. Ben Gregg was not in the rotation. There is not a whole lot more to the story than that. Best case scenario for Ben Gregg is he proves he can play alongside Timmy and Holmgren separately. We just didn't get to see if he was capable of doing this. He, When he was on the floor, almost always both of those players were on the bench. Either Greg was in the game with Watson or Greg was in the game with Caden Perry. We just did not get to see him play alongside either of those two guys. Uh, he did have 10 assists and five turnovers, uh, which is fairly promising. I don't know that that is, it's a very tiny sample size, obviously, but one of the things that we would like to see him do if he's going to utilize that high-low offense, if he's going to play that high role, which is something that should, in theory, be in his skill set because of his outside shooting, you want to see somebody who also makes responsible decisions with the basketball and can capably make an entry pass. Again, 10 assists, 5 turnovers is definitely a high point. It's definitely a positive to take away from Ben Gregg's career at this point that he has not had a ton of turnover issues. He's playing in, in unique situations at the end of ball games, often against the opposing team's bench players, but still uh, obviously something that you'd like to see out of him and something that has been a positive in his career thus far. I think the shot is going to start to fall for him. It hasn't been super consistent, but it's really hard to develop a consistent shot in a college level when you're not playing consistent minutes. And then I said, if you were to play alongside Chet Holmgren, you'd want to see if he can play under the rim or if he can play perimeter defense. Yeah, these are areas of improvement for Ben Gregg, for sure. I think, again, with the limited amount of, of action that we've seen him play, I think it's clear that he has some improvement to do on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, as a rim protector, when he was playing under the basket, guards were able to get into his chest, were driving directly into him. He committed a lot of fouls that way. You can tell he hasn't quite figured out how to use his body, how to get in front of people. 
keep his hands up. These are skills that take bigs a, a while to learn. Freshman bigs are, are often committing a lot of fouls because they're still learning how to adjust. This is part of what made Chet Holmgren so unbelievably special, is he figured out how to be an impact rim protector from the from day one. Zach Collins didn't figure out how to do that. Chemek Karnowski did not figure out how to do that. I'm not saying Ben Gregg's going to be that good, but the oft-compared player to him is, is Killian Tilly, and Killian Tilly developed into an adequate rim protector. He was not a league-leading shot blocker or a guy that teams were necessarily afraid of, but when he needed to play down low, he could use his body, impact shots, without committing a lot of fouls. That's a best-case scenario for Ben Gregg going forward. We didn't see it last year. It's an area he needs to improve on, but I think he is capable of using his body in a way to impact the game defensively in a positive way. The best-case scenario for Ben Gregg is that the outside shooting is a weapon right away a la Killian Tilly, which allows him to play the four role with Drew Timmy. Again, he just didn't get, didn't have time to find a rhythm. He, he shot two for two against Northern Arizona. Those were his six points there. Two for 11 from three for the rest of the season. But scattered throughout 16 other games. It's just really hard to get a rhythm when you're taking maybe one three per game. And, and that three is happening maybe once a week or maybe once every two weeks that you get an attempt to, uh, to shoot a three in a, in a game. So I'm not worried about him going four for 13. Again, four for 13 is 31%. It's not good, but it's also not horrible. Uh, I think he's going to be a good three-point shooter. I really do once he gets a rhythm, once he establishes himself having a role. But right now, we just he hasn't played enough to really be able to do that. Best case scenario for Ben Gregg is he's stronger and more physical after a half year in college and he can play down low and doesn't get bullied. So I don't know that we saw a ton of growth here, but that does not mean that it did not happen. I don't get to stand close enough to the players very often to be able to give you a definitive answer of yes, Ben Gregg is stronger, he's more physical, he's filled out, all of that stuff. I'm guessing that a lot of that stuff has happened and a lot of that stuff will continue to happen. He is still very, very young. One of the youngest players on this roster. It feels like he's entering his third season, his junior year, and I think that that has put some a bit of unnecessary pressure on him to perform. When in reality, he's really, really young, and he's still maturing, and he's still filling out. And I think some of that improvement has almost certainly happened behind the scenes. We haven't gotten a super good look at it yet, but when he gets more minutes, we'll get a kind of a better sense of where he's at there. The best case scenario for Ben Gregg is its perimeter defense is adequate, and it makes him playable with Chet. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't see him play with Chet Holmgren. We, we, that was really just not a thing that ever happened for Ben Gregg. I think he has some significant work to do as a perimeter defender. It's really, really hard skill to develop for big men. Again, I think he's got some work to do as a rim protector as well, but the perimeter defense is a really challenging aspect for a guy like him, and, and hopefully he can continue to work hard and improve in that area because I do think it's something that would be really benefit, especially if, if he's playing alongside Efton Reed in the future. Reed's more of a shot blocker. He can play away from the rim defensively as well. But if those two guys are in the on the floor at the same time, you're going to want somebody who can who can step away from the rim and, and defend the pick and roll adequately. And finally, the best case scenario for Ben Gregg is something like Tilly's freshman year: twelve minutes per game, four and a half points, three and a half boards. Until he shot 48% from three in his freshman year. Yeah, we didn't get that from Ben Gregg. He just didn't get the role. He played half as many minutes, scored about half as many points, had just just under half as many rebounds or just over half as many rebounds. Uh, so yeah, just about half of what Killian Tilly did as a freshman. And obviously he did not shoot as well, but only 13 attempts. So kind of hard to glean too much out of that. 
What's the worst case scenario for Ben Gregg? Worst case scenario for Ben Gregg is that he's still very raw. He gets passed up by Anton Watson and Caden Perry on the depth chart. And he's the fifth big man, which is kind of a non-role on this team. That's pretty much what happened. That was pretty much exactly what it was. I think the rawness isn't necessarily a bad thing. And I, I know that we use best and worst case uh, to kind of describe these situations. But I think that a player like Ben Gregg, even if most of what happened would fall under the worst case scenario, it's not necessarily that bad. We've seen so many players develop behind the scenes at Gonzaga that a player not playing a lot is is rarely or not necessarily an indication that they're not going to develop. They're not going to be close to the player that they were expected to be. Sometimes it does. You know, Martinez Orlauskas and Pavel Zakharov, the most recent international transfers, never properly developed the way that we expected that they would. Uh, there have been other instances of this as well, but there's also your Rui Hachimiras and your Joel Iais and other guys who, who develop completely behind the scenes and step up and become really significant contributors. It's too early to tell what the deal is going to be with Ben Gregg, but it's very clear that last year he was not a part of the picture. Worst case scenario for Ben Gregg is he can't play his way onto the court and his development stalls. Yeah, this is the thing that we just won't know until we see him next year, and frankly, maybe even the year after that. We just don't know what his development plan exactly looks like behind the scenes. We can ask questions, we can talk to reporters, we can talk to Ben himself, but until we see it on the court, it's a little bit harder to know exactly what that development, how, how his development has been going because it's happening in spots that we're not seeing it. Worst case scenario for Ben Gregg, his shooting is inconsistent or he's hesitant to shoot at all. Yeah, he, I think he took decent shots. Again, he was playing in garbage time, so it's like a little bit less pressure to like make the exact correct decision all of the time. But for the most part, I thought Ben Gregg has good decision-making skills. Again, the 10 assists to 5 turnovers kind of point to that. He's a good decision-maker. He takes decent shots. Uh, he didn't appear overly hesitant to shoot from what I saw. But again, we're talking about 13 attempts, mostly in garbage time, so it's kind of hard to glean a whole lot of, of information out of that. Worst case scenario for Greg is he's not physically stronger. He still gets pushed around by older, more physical players. He just he didn't face a lot of those guys. There were definitely instances this year where guards or even opposing bigs were able to move him around a little bit, uh, get into his body down low. So those are some areas of improvement for him uh, going into his third season or his sophomore season next year. And the last thing, the worst case scenario for Ben Gregg is that he lacks lateral quickness to defend away from the rim and it makes it hard to play with Jet. So yeah, we didn't see that. We just didn't get to see him play with Chet. I absolutely think that his lateral quickness and his ability to play perimeter defense is an area of concern heading into next season for Ben Gregg. All right, two segments down. We're going to come back in the third segment. We're going to take a look at the future for Ben Gregg, what his role could look like next year and beyond in the final segment. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag, still talking all things Ben Gregg here for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Ben Gregg's role in his second full season in a Gonzaga uniform, very, very hard to predict at this point in the season. Of course, we knew this with just about everybody on the roster that it was going to be difficult to kind of figure out what they're going to look like when we do our preseason player in up, you know, player in review seasons or previews, player preview episodes that are coming up in October again this next year. By that point, we'll have a much better sense of what this role is going to look like. We'll know what's going on with Drew Timmy. We'll know if there's any other additions to the roster. But right now, I think the highest that Ben Gregg will be on the depth chart is third. 
Anton Watson and Afton Reed are both on this roster. They will be here in the fall, and they are ahead of Ben Gregg on the on the roster. That that is those are definitive facts that those two players have a higher spot on the depth chart than Ben Gregg, and they will be here next year. Gregg could be as high as third. He could be as low as fifth. If Drew Timmy returns, obviously he takes over as a starting spot. He takes over as, you know, a National Player of the Year candidate, all of that good stuff. If Caden Perry is healthy, and that's a huge question mark right now, we just don't know. He had pretty significant surgery on his back. He's dealt with back injuries dating back to high school. This kind of stuff lingers. But if Caden Perry comes back, he's 100%. He's healthy. And Drew Timmy returns. Ben Gregg's out of the rotation, I think. He'll he'll have to scrap. He'll have to fight with Caden Perry. He'll have to fight with Anton Watson to try to develop any kind of of consistent playing time. But I have a hard time imagining that it happens. I think in in that situation, Drew Timmy, Efton Reed, Anton Watson, those three play the majority of the minutes in the front court. It's the same as last year, except Reed replaces Holmgren. Uh, And then Caden Perry, I think, would probably have a bump over Ben Gregg in playing time. It would depend, again, on his health, obviously, but... I think that would be it'd be really tricky for Ben Gregg to find a lot of playing time in that situation. Heck, we didn't even mention Braden Huff, the incoming freshman in the class of 2022, four-star recruit out of Chicago, Mr. Illinois. He's also six foot ten. He's also an outside shooter who can stretch the floor. He's a very similar role to Ben Gregg. It's not out of the question that Huff would be higher on the depth chart than Ben Gregg as well. Again, this is all predicated on Drew Timmy returning and Caden Perry being healthy. There's no guarantee that either of those things are going to happen. And if that's the case, Anton Watson, Efton Reed, Caden Perry, Ben Gregg, Braden Huff. Those are your five big men going into next season. It's not great in terms of experience, and I think that's what would, would make some Gonzaga fans pretty nervous. Anton Watson's obviously very experienced, but has done the most of his damage as a reserve player. Efton Reed had a great freshman season at LSU, but that's all he has played, and he is a newcomer to Gonzaga. Caden Perry only played eight games last year. Ben Gregg, obviously, we've talked about him and his career a little bit in this episode. Braden Huff would be a true freshman. So there, maybe Gonzaga would bring in another player, but eventually you're, you're worried about a logjam because even without Drew Timmy, even without, even without Drew Timmy, with Caden Perry on the roster, you have you have a lot of dudes in the front court, and they're all expecting to play. And it's I'm very curious if the Zags continue to look for for front court players in the transfer portal, which there's they're not connected to a whole lot of guys at those positions right now. After landing Efton Reed, I think they're probably good on front court players, but if they continue to look for more, or if Drew Timmy does opt to return, there's a there's a logjam, and players are going to have to decide what they want to do. I, I don't think we'll see anybody enter the transfer portal at this point this season because they would have to apply for a waiver to sit or else the risk sitting out a year. The May 1st deadline has passed, so they don't have the ability to do that. So I think everybody's going to come back, but there are going to be some guys who people are expecting to play who are not going to play. Even if Drew Timmy returns, I think that that, even if he doesn't return, excuse me, I think that's still a pretty realistic outcome that some of Ben Gregg, Caden Perry, or Braden Huff, like those guys aren't all going to get minutes. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that shakes out. My guess is Greg's going to play like a fourth big role. Uh, He'd be behind Caden Perry if Perry's healthy. He'd be behind Drew Timmy if Drew Timmy returns. I think one of those two things is fairly likely to happen. Maybe not both, but probably not neither uh, either. So it's kind of going to be an interesting situation to see what happens to Greg. Uh, His outside shooting is his greatest strength. I think we need to see him do that more. Frankly, like 
if he wants to be a rotation player at this program before he graduates from Gonzaga, which is obviously the goal. We're talking about a top 30 recruit in his class or yeah, top 40 recruit in his class that he, he needs to prove he can do that. And the best way to do that is to knock down 40 to 45% of your threes. If you're 610, you can knock down shots at that consistency. You're going to find a way to get on the court up to this point. It hasn't happened. Him and Perry are going to have some very intense battles for playing time, assuming, again, health on, on both sides there. Uh, I think that Greg's going to improve. Phys- his physicality is going to improve. His defensive instincts are going to improve as he gets older, as he gets more experience, as he gets more minutes on the court. Uh, but right now, I'm not sold that he's going to be a big contributor next season. I think he's going to be the fourth big on a team that's probably going to run pretty consistently with three bigs again. I really think that that's what Mark Few wants to do. I think that that's what this team is kind of built to do with, with Reed, with Anton Watson. Those guys are, are more athletic, more get out and run guys. Uh, great defensive players, which I think is going to be a really fun front court. Drew Timmy's return is the big question mark here. If he doesn't return, there's a much clearer path to playing time for Ben Gregg next year. If he does, then the playing time is, I don't want to say vanishes, but it's a lot less likely that he's going to get consistent playing time at all. And if Perry's in the mix at all, that can really complicate things. Perry and Huff make things a little bit more complicated. So as you would expect on May 5th, months and months and months before the college basketball season, it's hard for me to tell you what Ben Gregg's role is going to look like. But sometime in October next year, we will do a player preview episode about every player on the roster. We will talk about Ben Gregg, and at that point, we will have a much better sense of what his role is going to look like. All right, folks, that is going to do it for me today. Closing out the week with an update on our ridiculously good Gonzaga baseball program on Friday, as well as some other news and notes around the league right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Check it out there if you haven't yet. Finally, thank you again to those of you who have made Locked On Zags your first listen every day. Now's a great time to make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. With the college basketball season wrapped up, give Raphael Barlow and a flurry of guests a listen as they prepare for the NBA Draft. Hear thoughts on Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, and the rest of the NBA's future stars, on Locked On NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags!